God of the new beginning. So take a deep breath. Let go of yesterday. It is gone. Embrace this day. It's God's gift. Lift up your hearts. Let's discover God right here, right now in this moment. And I want to talk to you today about making God your therapist. We have this strange tendency, I do, to not think about what most needs thinking about, to not talk about what most needs discussing, to avoid the problem, the pain, the guilt, the very area in my life that most needs to be attended to. I avoid it because I don't want to hurt, but of course then there can't be healing and there can't be wisdom and there can't be growth. And so the invitation today is take a moment right now and think about what is it that where you most need God's attention and God's healing, where might you have gone wrong or be on the verge of going wrong or need wisdom and and then my hope is for you and me to see how deeply, uh, for those of us in the fellowship of the withered hand, our God longs to love and heal. Now, we do that by taking a look at the book of Genesis. We've been walking through this together. This is the most profound stuff about the human condition ever of all time. And uh, we're in chapter 3 right now. And I want to pick it up in verse 8. Uh, the woman and the man have been deceived by the accuser, and they have eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what that means is it's saying, uh, I want to do what I want to do. I want to make myself the ultimate moral authority. I don't want to submit myself to what I know to be good. I want to let my desires be in charge of my life. And that's the human condition. And God has stepped aside. We've seen that. Um, there's the tempter, the serpent, and the woman, and the man in that scene. God is not present. So apparently, God would make space for people to decide so that they could be deeply free. And um, it's important to understand with Adam and Eve at the beginning, they had innocence, but they did not yet have character. A little baby is innocent, but a baby does not yet have moral character. Character has to be grown. It's the only way for that to develop. And that requires freedom, just like parents have to allow kids to be free. So God gives the man and the woman space to decide. But then when they decide badly, when you decide badly, when I decide badly, God does not abandon us. He takes the initiative to re-engage and reconnect. This is a beautiful thing that says something very deep about the nature of God. He is willing to experience the pain of rejection and disappointment in these little creatures that he has made into whom he has breathed the breath of life in order to be with them again and wants to redeem them. And that's what we see in this story. The man and the woman uh, disobeyed. Their eyes were opened and they saw they were naked. They, they felt shame. I am not the person that I was supposed to be. I'm not living the life I was supposed to live. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. As a beautiful picture to think, uh, apparently it was kind of a custom of God to give them time and space to be on their own, and then that they would walk. Kings would do that in the cool of the day. It's when the breezes blew, the text says. And of course, the word for breeze is the same as the spirit. And it's as if God is making a sound in the garden so that they will know he's there. And if they want to, uh, they can come out. They could be with him. And so uh, 
it's anthropomorphic, but we picture God kind of clomping around in the garden in the leaves, stomp, stomp, stomp. So the people know I'm here. And his, his hope is that they will come running to him. And it's a terribly indirect thing to do, just to let them know, to make space for their freedom. I imagine the angels saying, hey, God, you're God. You don't have to stomp around in the leaves. You could just confront them, go right to them and zap them. But God doesn't do that. He just lets them hear the sound so that they can decide. But instead of running to them, they hide. We often do that. You might think right now, when is that time? When is the cool of the day for you? When do you meet together with God and talk about, here's how the day went? Here's where I need you. But they don't do that. That's God's first move towards them. Uh, One other thing to note here, it would have been very apparent to readers in ancient Israel. In the first seven chapters of the third verse, when the serpent comes, the name he uses for God is just the generic name, Elohim. It's that distant God, the God who isn't really known. Here in verse 8, the writer returns to the Lord God, and and the Lord is that name Yahweh by which God has revealed himself. This is the covenant God. This is the God who loves you. This is the God who wants to be known. This is not the distant God. It's a beautiful use of the name of God here. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They don't say anything. They don't come running to him. So the Lord God calls out to the man, where are you? And this too is a beautiful thing. God doesn't say, what were you thinking? Are you kidding me, Adam? The one thing I told you not to do, that's what you did. So many things God could have said in this story, but he, he doesn't. Like a great therapist, because what God wants is not just conformity. It's not um, uh, uh, obedience against the man's will. He wants our hearts. He wants your heart. And so he invites you and me today to reflection. He doesn't say, what were you thinking? He says, where are you? And of course, that's not just about physical location. That's morally and spiritually, emotionally. You might think about that question right now. Where am I? In what ways am I not where or who I want to be? So again, this is an invitation for the man to tell God, here's what's really going on. Here's what I did. Here's the help I need. The man doesn't do that. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Now, of course, what Adam avoids saying is anything about actually eating the forbidden fruit and um, rejecting, defying, disobeying God. Maybe if I go through all these other things that are going on, we won't have to talk about that. And so... God, like a skilled therapist, for a third time now comes back to invite Adam to discuss what's deepest in his life. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And here again, uh, Adam's response is not to reflect deeply on his life and to take as much accountability for his agency as possible. What he says is, the woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Wasn't my fault. It was the woman. And whose idea was the woman? It wasn't. Oh yeah, God, that was hers. She was your idea. So really, this is kind of your fault. And this is what we do. We evade and avoid and blame and have a hard time taking accountability. We'll talk about this more. And so at that point, it's quite clear, Adam's not going to really engage. So God turns to the woman. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? 
And the woman does not say, yep, here's what I did. Here, I'm, I'm owning up to it. I need help. The woman said, the servant deceived me and I ate. And so then God has to move towards remedial action and we'll look to that. But the beauty of God's initiating coming to Adam and Eve and um, offering to talk with them about what they most need talk about and then giving them space, treating their shredded little lives with dignity, honoring their kingdoms is such a beautiful thing. And I think about it in my own life, um, my need for therapy and my refusal of it. I went out to Fuller to get a PhD in clinical psychology. They strongly invited, uh, encouraged us at the beginning of the program, uh, ex- receive therapy yourself. Go and see a professional and talk about the areas in your life that you most need talking about. Do you think I did that? Oh, no. Why not? It's not because I was so darn healthy, although that's what I told myself. It was pride and fear. I didn't want to get naked. My uh, very first roommate, his name was Randy. He got into therapy. He said, this would be a really good thing to do. My next roommate, his name was Dave. He got into therapy. No, not me. And it wasn't until I got married and Nancy said to me, we need help. We're going to therapy that I did it with just as much um, foot dragging reluctance as Adam and Eve in the garden. So the invitation today, beyond getting a good professional human therapist, if you need it, and you do, the invitation today is to make God my therapist. Where do I need to talk to God? Where's the shame? Where's the fear? Where's the confusion? Where's the guilt? I think for me about my family and my role in my family and my regret, not just in the past, but even in these days to know I would love to be this kind of person with this kind of wiring and this ability to connect and to be helpful and I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I need. And to very regularly talk about that with God is something that I need, but it's so easy for me to shy away from. Or, God, how do I deal with these people um, that are a part of my past now, where I just don't feel the wisdom, the strength, the ability? God, would you speak to me about those areas of my life where I am most apt to hide and I most need healing and most need help? God, would you be my therapist today? Would you be my healer today? And I will, with as much courage and patience as you give me, sit and think and talk with you in the cool of the day. I want to come home. End of teaching. Beginning of your day with God. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tim. I'm a part of the team here at Become New. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each video, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Or if you'd like to receive a text alert whenever we release a new video, you can text the word become to the number 855-888-0414.
1-800-444-4444. If you have a prayer request, please let us know. You can text that request to that same number, 855-888-0444. There's a group of us who meet every day to pray over those requests. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.